And so it must be a thing when you're making a movie that the dinner scene, that is the linchpin of your film. I love this. I love this movie. <laughs> a lot I love of people these... do. Again, I'm the outsider mm-hmm. here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be over here watching the change up. <laughs> <laughs> also, let's give credit to her ability to scream. Oh, my God, She's yes. a good screamer. She is. Welcome now officially to spooky season, I think, since we're into October. I know for a lot of us, it's it's a year-round thing. It's a commitment. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> but now we welcome everyone to the fold, and we're going to celebrate with a little, a little dinner party. Welcome. This is the Fright Club podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we're going to talk about dinners, the best dinner scenes in horror. I think this came out. Did this idea come out of the podcast group? Maddie, yeah. Uh, on Fright, Facebook. Yep, yeah, Fright Club or Maddie on Facebook uh, asked, she was working on a project for school and asked sort of the group what were some great dinner scenes in horror movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I want to acknowledge a lot of what came up there. And then, of course, we've just put together our favorites, <laughs> disregarding all of those suggestions. Yeah, and if that sounded, <laughs> if, 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 you, if your ears perked up, what? F- uh, group? Podcast? Yes. If you're new to the Fright Club podcast, welcome. We'd love to have you in the Fright Club podcast it's a private group. I've thought about just opening it up, but I don't know. Um, you get the you get the riffraff, and we want <laughs> we love riffraff. What are you talking about? Yeah, but it's our riffraff. It's our invited riffraff, our requested riffraff. So anyway, we'd love to have you. If you're not in the Facebook uh, group, we have some fun talking about horror movies and just general shenanigans. You can find it Fright Club Podcast uh, group on Facebook. So that's where this came from. And mm-hmm. Maddie, we thank you. She's always putting together a nice little list. Yeah, she is. Um, I fa- in fact, I saw today she had a at her place. She had a, a Jaws watch party. Oh yeah, it was it never was... a bad idea to watch Jaws. No, but and they she, went all out. There were two dogs who were dressed like sharks, and that's <laughs> that's the pushover the cliff. That's the party I want to go to. Yeah, and they had uh, they had this nice. It was like a bowl, a shark's mouth bowl mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. of course goldfish, mm-hmm. and of I. It took everything I had to not comment, we're going to need a bigger bowl. <laughs> but that's probably dad joke material, and I moved on. Anyway, well done, Maddie, for the party and for this idea. So before we get to that, we had the last time out, Fright Club Podcast was a live one mm-hmm. at Gateway Film Center. Uh, and we talked about the baby made me do it. That's right. How pregnancy changes you. Uh, so not Don't I know it. <laughs> <laughs> so not just your run-of-the-mill, because pregnancy horror, that's a whole other category. But this is specifically, you know, the baby made me do it, how pregnancy changes you and maybe turns you into a monster or maybe the baby's a monster, whatever. Which is kind of funny because right now, out in horror, we have two movies. This two week, brand new, new this movies. week, I know. Yeah. If you check out our, our regular reviews uh, on MadWolf.com or our other podcast, The Screening Room, we talk about two new movies this week that could qualify. Yeah, for, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, Deliver Us, which is about sexy priest and a sexy nun. <laughs> um, uh, as, as you pointed out, they really felt like the exorcism genre didn't have enough hanky-panky, I right. guess, enough sexy. Right. Uh, but they have twins. She, the, the nun is pregnant with twins, One, and they talk to her. One, and they're telling her, one of us is the Antichrist and one of us is the Messiah. So that's whew, that's a problem. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's another one right now on Shudder, a Norwegian horror film. Uh, called Nightmare, and it, you know what, it takes some turns. Um, it, it, it's, it's, is it you sexy? Know, there is sex. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it takes some turns. It's, it's not the best film I've seen, but I enjoyed it. Some performances are great, and it, it, you know, it, it packs a wall up there. And that's in the on end, so, Yeah, that's on Shutter. And the Shutter. other one, Deliver Us, is in theaters. Yeah. But anyway. So, and then, you know, um, a lot of, you know, again, we, it was such a narrow 
topic, right? Because again, it wasn't really pregnancy horror mm-hmm. exactly. It was yeah. pretty narrow in there, but still there were a couple and it's funny, Maddie, who we keep going back to, the first thing she thought of was isolation, which I find funny. Didn't it's a Irish horror film that we showed actually a few years ago in Fright Club. But it's not people who are pregnant. It's the cows. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the other one Dustin brought up and um and I think Richard might have also agreed with this and we kicked it around is Slither. Just the one. Yeah, the one. You know the character. You know the one. You know the one. Um, and you know, and I kept going back and forth. Like, is that is she pregnant? Is that so? Anyway, that she's hungry. We, she's hungry. <laughs> so there, she that one was on the short list. And mm. in my head, I just kept thinking, I'm not sure. I think she's pregnant. So anyway, but anytime you can watch the movie Slither, yeah. you should. So a lot of good feedback there. We thank you. We are heading back to Gateway Film Center for the October edition mm-hmm. of the Fright Club podcast. And that will be appropriately enough, Friday the 13th. Again, we've cleared it with Taylor Swift. (laughs) We have her blessing. So we're going to be back there, and we're going to be talking about... Backwoods Messiahs. I love it. Yeah, it's a good topic. I'm excited for that And that's part of an action-packed October, not only for us, but for the Gateway Film Center. If you aren't aware, Nightmares Film Festival is coming up October 26th through the 29th. A can't-miss event for horror fans. Man, if you're anywhere in the area of our area here in Columbus, Ohio, make plans to join us. It's just fantastic. We would love to see you. Yeah, we'll be there. Oh. We're going to bring our cot. We're yep. just going to set up a cot that's back right. there. That's right. They, they, they're used to us by now. But uh, So that should be fun. So we're looking at dinner scenes, and we've got a bunch. Do we have six or five? We have five. We have right? five. But a bunch of very deserving honorable mentions. Yes. So I want to start with because so I want to start with a couple that really, really nearly made it, and one is the invitation. So that you know, it's it's yeah. such a good movie, Karen Kasama. It's such a good movie, and the the dinner scene itself, of course, is where everything turns. It's you know highly recommended. It's a great movie. Also, the menu. There are about fifty different specific oh. dinner scenes. Tortilla. This is the one. That's, <laughs> but that's a movie of just nothing but dinner scenes. We love the menu so All much. All of them brilliant. Love the menu. The one of this that was the closest to actually making the final list, and probably maybe should have just been number six, Hereditary. Hereditary. Yeah. I am your mother. Love it. I think yeah. you skipped over on the list I'm looking at. You skipped yeah. over Hannibal. Right. Hannibal, I don't think it was going to make the list, but it's a great moment where oh. he eats his own brain. Yeah, it is. <laughs> just the look on, on Ray Liotta's face is, yeah. Um, Krampus has a great dinner scene. Mm. Your Next has a great one. Hosts. Hosts. is not to be confused with any of the three different horror films right. called Host. Hosts with a with a an S at the end. It's not a good movie, but the dinner scene is worth watching. Deranged is another one from the from the mid seventies that has a great dinner scene, mm-hmm. even though the whole movie isn't great. Noriko's Dinner Table. It's a weird one. It's a prequel to Suicide Club. So if you haven't seen Suicide Club, because Suicide Club doesn't make a ton of sense. Like it's it's a good movie, but it's one that keeps you guessing and doesn't sort of dot all of its eyes. So if you haven't seen that. This movie might not make any sense to you at all, but um, it leads up to a very fascinating, super bloody dinner scene. Um, Also, society, I'm not sure it counts as dinner, what happens there with the shunting, but um, again, watch it. Watch society. Invisible Man. Yeah, that's that's a good one because it's... It's near the end. It's the comeuppance, oh, yeah. um, and it, and it's great. And also, there were a couple that really one of the first ones I thought of right. was not a a horror movie. Well, actually, no. Let's go back because the first thing I thought of, as you know, is the dinner song <laughs> from the Change Up. Sing it for us. And now, hold on. If 
I, I sometimes feel like I have so much love for the for the uh, the change up. It's that, not a horror film at all. Not Comedy. a horror film at all. It's Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds, and one of those they switch bodies, they switch personalities. A Freaky Friday kind of it's thing. It's a Freaky Friday thing. I thought it was just hilarious, and so many people. I almost sometimes I feel like everybody else hated it. I laughed so hard. I just, well, first of all, I love Jason Bateman. Yeah. Jason Bateman, I think he has one of the all-time great knacks for comic timing. Oh, yes. Just perfect. And so at one point, he's in Ryan Reynolds' body, and he's the, the husband of Leslie Mann and the kids, and, and they think he's you know the regular husband, but he's not. He's got his new personality, and he's expected to sing the dinner song at dinner. He has no idea what they're talking about, so he's just like, dinner song. <laughs> Beans. Potatoes, carrots, and broccoli, buns, and salad, and potatoes, and chicken needs a licking. Dinner song. That's what I think of when I think of dinner scene. I immediately thought dinner song, and I've gone on too long. But the change up. Help me out. Check it out. All right, but no Sicario. Yeah. I mean, that that's the greatest dinner scene maybe in Lord. history. Lord. Oh, my God. Not in front of the children. No, not in front of her family. Oh, my God. Okay. He said, oh, it's so intense. Yeah, I remember being so shocked. I thought Benicio Del Toro was a shoe-in for the Oscar. He didn't even get nominated. That whole oh, movie. Oh, my God. He was- that whole movie from start to finish was one of the most intense. I mean, oh, yeah. from the beginning of The People in the yeah, Wall. Yeah, People in the Wall. Yeah. I mean- God, le- I love Sicario. Leading up to that oh. dinner scene, it's so quietly intense, man. That And then, as somebody rightly pointed out, Krisha. Yeah, I think that was Maddie again. I think so. That was such a the first film for Trey Edward Schultz, mm-hmm. and he put basically his family yeah. in it, including Krisha. Yeah, Krisha uh, Fairchild, and she's great. And the movie is such a low budget gem, and it's man, it's awkward. Yeah, and she is such a character, and that is an awkward dinner. So all those are good, including the dinner song. <laughs> I can't remember if I said Krampus. Me. It's on my list, Did but you say I, Kramp- I, think I, you- I jumped around. Okay, yeah, so Krampus. I, I can't yeah. remember, but Krampus has a good dinner. Good scene stuff. Too. So yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot there as we get into the five that you narrowed it down to. And actually, a few of these, anyway, well, maybe all of them, are ones that we've talked Oh, yeah, all of them are yes, ones that uh, we've talked about yeah. a lot. They're but, all they're all favorites. Yeah, but like, we're talking about specifically yeah, specific moments. This, yeah. these dinner scenes, um, even though they're movies that we've talked about a lot for a good reason. So uh, let's dive into number five, and this is an all-time classic from 1932, A Circus's Beautiful Trapeze Artist. Agrees to marry the leader of sideshow performers, but his deformed friends discover she is only marrying him for his inheritance. Todd Browning's Freaks. A loving cup, a loving cup. We accept a one of us. We accept a one of us. Gooba gobble, gooba gobble. We accept her, we accept her. Gooba gobble, gooba gobble. One of us, one of us. Gooba gobble. Yes, this has obviously it's legendary for many, many reasons. Mm -hmm. But in the dinner scene, of course, Mm -hmm. comes out that line that we hear over and over again. Yeah, one of us. Google gobble, Google gobble, one of us, one of us. And I think um, one of the reasons that this that this makes the list is because that scene alone, you know, is really what propelled this film into iconic status because it was really controversial. The film was when it came out. It, yep. it essentially was the end of Todd Browning's career, that plus his alcoholism. Yeah, it was. It was it, The funny thing is, we bring that up, the film, yes, was banned in a number of states and cities, but a lot of those states and cities still have those archaic laws on the books. You know, you find mm-hmm. that you look those up sometimes, you get these weird facts about these weird laws yeah. that are actually still on the books. So 
technically, in a lot of cities, it may still be illegal to show this film. Right. Although they're not going to enforce it, but that th- those laws are still on the books today, some of them. And there, there's definitely, there's there's reasonable controversy oh, yeah. around the film as yep. to whether or not the, the performers gave their consent, could yeah. give their consent. But Especially since some, after back back then, some disavowed it yeah. after it did come out. And that, yeah, that's not a good look either. No, um, but, you know, the, if, you, if you can get past that, um, I think that it's, first of all, it's a, it's a really groundbreaking film. It's a pretty amazing film. And that scene, you know, because the film is from the point of view of the freaks, um, and that scene, it, you know, is it's just this group of outsiders who are saying we accept you, and it's a it's a turning point in the movie because oh, yeah. she is so pissed off. Yes, she is so pissed off that and- they would think that you know that their acceptance of her is of any value, yeah. and it's really the crux of the entire movie. That scene, and, and it's- she's kind of drunk. You know, she and the oh, guy yeah. have been drinking, and, and then and then she's putting a lot of attention on. Um, Hercules. On Hercules, and then, of course, his face when the guy comes in and kisses her, and he's just so hurt and yeah. so mad. But, yeah, and then she's, the look on her face yeah. when she, When they're all singing yeah, to her, yeah. we accept it you. It is. It's such a such a turning point in the movie. But, I mean, I think it just, um, I mean, it just galvanized, really, horror fans. Because a lot of times horror fans feel like outsiders, and, and they gravitate toward this concept of, the group of outsiders. Mm-hmm. We're the group. You're the outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think that's why I do. I think that that's why there are so many just legions of fans who not only love this movie but relate to that statement. One of us. Yeah, and that's a that's a really good point, and it's a big turning point in the movie because of the the viewpoints and the the, the different feelings that you can just see uh, really on their faces. Yes, absolutely. On the characters' faces. Yeah. A lot of them that are singing. They're they're joyful. Yeah, they they're absolutely joyful because are. They're, they're happy yeah. for them. Hey, we yeah. we accept you. Yeah, and then she has the opposite reaction. Yeah. It's it's heartbreaking at the same time. It really is. It really is, and that's a very iconic movie. And the dinner scene is a big uh, big part of it. And that is from 1932, Todd Browning's Freaks. Let's move up about 60 years. Uh, this is one that yeah we've talked about a lot with two titles. A young man's mother is bitten by a Sumatran rat monkey. She gets sick and dies. At which time she comes back to life, killing and eating dogs, nurses, friends, and neighbors. It's brain dead slash dead alive. I'll have a few of those, lad. I really think we should be going, dear. Thank you, Lila. What? No pudding? Only custard, I'm afraid. Custard? I haven't had a good custard in years. She never makes the stuff. Damn fine custard. This is, of course, Peter Jackson. Mm-hmm. And is is this the gro- the the grossest dinner scene that we have on this list? It because is. you've got Easily. ears falling oh, off yeah. and oh and god, the- pus in the in the custard. <laughs> in the oh custard. my god. Oh That's my god. Damn good custard. Oh yeah, I gotta say. So I mean, I love this movie. Uh, I don't. I know you don't. It's it's quite possibly my favorite Peter Jackson film. Although Heavenly Creatures would be neck and neck oh, with it. Yeah. Heavenly Creatures is a great movie. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, I recognize he's made. He's made. You know, he's got Oscars for this whole <laughs> other wing of movies that he makes. And of course, that Beatles movie. And then, oh my God, the other documentary about World they shall War One. Grow old. Right. So yeah. anyway, he's clearly he's one of the greatest filmmakers ever. His King Kong is great. Yeah, his King Kong is great, and it's underappreciated. Um, yeah, he's a great filmmaker. He's a great filmmaker. But you like this. I love this. I love this movie. <laughs> a lot I love of people these... do. Again, I'm the outsider mm-hmm. here, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll be over here watching the change-up. <laughs> 
<laughs> but, and this is just a sloppy, bloody, Ugh. bloody, bloody movie. And um and and blood I'm super very comfortable with very cool with the whole lawnmower lawnmower mm-hmm. and the you know just limbs and guts and everything but um other body fluids I have real trouble with as you know there was a there was a commercial for a while it was a, <laughs> like a deodorant commercial and you know and and in the ad you know somebody would like lift their arm and then like water would shoot out from their underarm like this in the real, face of somebody else this real hairy guy and I would like hit the ground I mean I could not bear to see it I would have to I mean I'm I'm in remembrance of it I am holding my hands over my eyes you know the other one that you hated I think it was just a cartoon but when the the, like the, the lifted Sponsors? No, they oh. lifted up the toenail. <gasps> the toenail, oh my they god, li- yeah. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. So anyway, the the dinner scene from this movie is incredibly hard for me to watch. I can it's barely yeah. I can barely stomach it. Yeah. And that's which and that's the point. That's the point of this movie. And it's again, I mean, so often it's the dinner scene in these movies that is the turning point of the film because it's during the dinner scene where he where Lionel Cosgrove realizes that Mum, Vera, is going to be a bigger problem than he he thought you know she was going to and then pretty soon his basement is full of cadavers that are are still trying to eat things and stuff but you know the reason that it, it made the list is because it is so fucking gross i can barely watch it i do appreciate the way he filmed it very disorienting very yeah. from the point of view of the anxiety of Lionel oh, as yeah. he's watching what's going on yeah. with his dinner guests and it kind of zooms in on his face and zooms away yeah. and then zooms in on the guy eating custard and zooms yeah. away <laughs> And Plus then his cus- wife. Even before they oh, add yeah. anything to the custard, oh, yeah. it looks gross. Oh yeah, that's good. And Lionel's is carrying it out, you know, in the four bowls, and yeah. it's such a sick color, uh, you know, and it's just wobbly, yeah. wobbly, wobbly. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. And the the, <laughs> the 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 woman dinner guest, she's so anxious. She's looking over at Vera, who's repeating herself, and you can see the woman trying to like coach her on as to what she wants to say. And oh my god, and then of course her husband, who's just oblivious to it all, you know, no pudding. It's just, it's right. a great scene. It's a great scene. <laughs> it's a scene. Uh, <laughs> the dinner scene, the damn good custard scene from 1992's Brain Dead, Dead Alive. That's number four on our list of dinner scenes in horror. So let's go up to number three. One of our beloveds uh, from 1975, a newly engaged couple have a breakdown in an isolated area and must seek shelter at the bizarre residence of Dr. Frank Furter, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Excellent. Under the circumstances, formal dress is to be optional. One of the great things about this time of year, when the calendar turns, I see so many posts where they have a a, a picture of Tim Curry, like from Clue, Mm -hmm. something nice and refined, September 30th. And then the next panel is October 1st, and it's Frankenfurter Frankenfurter. and all his glory. Oh, my God, yeah. Just one of the greatest characters in yeah. the history of film, yeah. Frankenfurter, and and it's and it's a movie that is chock full of, of iconic characters, and of course Tim Curry's career is chock full of iconic characters, oh, yeah. right? Pennywise and yeah. and the uh, Satan in Legend, and he's just so great in everything he does. And you know, it's funny I keep saying it, and so it must be a thing when you're making a movie that the dinner scene that is the linchpin of your film, uh-huh. that is where everything changes. And I think it's because when you're eating dinner with a big group of people, it's like there's there there are the people who eat together all the time. So there's this lived-in dynamic, and then there are the people who are new to it, and you witness so many things. There's always a power sort of hierarchy. You know, secrets are unveiled. 
it can be very uncomfortable anyway. You know, we'll, we'll get to that in the next one. Where yeah. If you're the outsider, it's like you're not positive exactly what the correct sort of appropriate behavior is. I mean, the dinner scene is just so dinner dinner scenes can be just so fraught. So they're easy to mine for the tension or the and then and then yeah, so often that it's where everything changes. Yeah, especially if it's a either a comedy or a, or a, a horror of manners. Yes, of awkward. How how do I act? And if the audience is meant to be that outsider, mm-hmm. um, and what what the point of view is, and of course this one has all that, but then it also has the big reveal. That's right, the big reveal. That's right, Meat and loaf. it starts with of course the big bong master. <laughs> Dinner is prepared. Yeah. Um, there's so many great. Yeah, and then uh, you know he's looking for for Eddie. Mm, it's a tender subject. <laughs> there's you know it's so. It's it's just such, and then he's so he's so angry because of course he's just discovered Rocky with Janet slut, and so when she's singing happy birthday, which is actually the other thing is that it's it's produced my all time favorite meme, which is the happy birthday song, yeah. you know, happy birthday to you, and then you know he just cuts it short because he can hear Janet singing happy birthday. It's just it's so fun. Mm-hmm. Everything about the scene is so fun. And of course, as longtime Rocky Horror Picture Show fans know, when Barry Bostwick, Brad Major, asshole, okay, uh, pounds his fist on the table yeah, during the scene, he accidentally actually pounded the hand of Susan Sarandon, and her reaction is prominent and very real. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then she act. Then she, apparently she got her revenge by quote accidentally stepping on his foot with her heel during the floor show scene. <laughs> his reaction is also visible. So <laughs> if you missed that one, go back and check it out. But yeah, it's um, such a pivotal part of this movie because after we had the, you know, already had the uh, Hopatuity Bless My Soul yeah. rousing number from Meatloaf Eddie and the, the motorcycle and all that, and then you find out what, what became of him yes. when they pulled in the, on the dinner table there. It's just, yeah, it's pretty shocking. And everybody, yeah. oh. and it's kind of a funny, it's kind of a funny moment because, of course, Brad and and Janet already know that he's dead. Mm-hmm. They already know that their host is a murderer, you know, and, uh, you know, they didn't hide anything. He came out. He chases him in there with an axe. He oh, comes yeah. out. He's all covered in blood. But Brad and Janet were just going to, you know, be okay with that. And, of course, promptly both have sex with him. So it's funny. <laughs> it's a funny thing. that They it would have never. It, he, he tricked them. It's a funny thing that it's not until you see the carcass and mm. you know that's what they've been eating mm-hmm. that and even that when he says a tender subject you can see uh Janet like put it down like oh <laughs> and then of course you see Rocky just continuing to gnaw away at it which is a very funny it's just such a great moment and I think that's another thing about dinner scenes is because everybody gets a chance it's such a great that scene to articulate specific characters and kind of where they we've had the introduction to all of them but in yeah. that scene you get a little bit of a sense of like who's playing along, who's oh this is really happening right now. You know, you get a little bit more about each character in that scene. And then what's cool is even though after that scene, of course, Eddie Meatloaf is gone, we continue to hear his unmistakable yeah. <laughs> voice throughout the soundtrack, yes. and and rightly so. I mean, he had such a strong voice yeah, at did. that time. Yeah, You're not going to let it go to, go to waste. Right. And he's all over those songs. You can hear him in the background, and it's also funny remembering, and I can't remember the name of it now, but years later. Meatloaf was in that that horror movie about eating. He had him in the in the you know eating flesh, 
Uh, yeah, it was, it was an episode Tales from the Crypt. of Tales from the Crypt. Yes. That's what it was. And he had like a roadside diner or something. Well, no, actually, um, Christopher Reeve had a roadside diner. Right. And they killed Meatloaf. That's, and yes. he was the one that they were Hung eating. Hung up in yes, the, yeah, exactly. exactly. There it is. Okay, yeah, got yeah, a another, little bit. Uh, once again, a tender subject. <laughs> a little bit confused. But the iconic dinner scene from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, 1975, that is number three on our list. Now, this is moving up to number two, the one you were just referencing about manners and awkwardness when you're the new person at the table. That comes into play here for number two from 1977. Henry Spencer tries to survive his industrial environment, his angry girlfriend, and the unbearable screams of his newly born mutant child in Eraserhead. I, I, I'm afraid to cut it, you know? Mary usually does the carving, but maybe... Tonight, you'll do it, Henry. All right with you? Of course. I'd be happy to. Do I just, uh, just cut them up like regular chickens? Sure, just cut them up like regular chickens. For many years, for many years, this was my favorite movie of all time. Like when I was in high school, when I was growing up. I, I loved this movie so much. And even now, I and I've seen this movie probably 50 times, that dinner scene makes me so uncomfortable because it's just David Lynch emphasizes the anxiety of this dinner scene so perfectly. And of course, it, it, these just surreal flourishes. Um, and, and it's really, I think, the first time where we really sympathize and empathize with Henry, like the whole rest of the movie, you're like, what is the deal with this guy? You know, you really don't connect with him. You really, but in this scene, suddenly, oh my God, everybody else is weirder than me. You know, his girlfriend is very angry. His girlfriend's mom is kind of orgasmic. Yes. It's very unsettling. Very weird. The dad, you know, he just keeps smacking his arm. Well, he tells that weird story. Yeah. And most of us, once we reach adulthood, have a... A, a situation in our past like this. You go over to meet somebody new. Yeah. You're the new person at the table. How do I act? I got to yeah. be polite. I got to listen to their dumbass stories. Yeah. So we're kind of along with him right. in that situation. And everybody's so weird. And then, yeah, dad tells that weird story and, and tells him, yeah, you just carve it up. Just cut it like a chicken. And then once he starts to cut it, then it gets even weirder. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of spurting. Yeah. And, which know. reminded me, especially when I watched it again, like the day after, we just saw Peter Gabriel in concert, right? Hammer, yeah. And the Sledgehammer video, those chickens when they're dancing around. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot going in the Sledgehammer video, but it's so unmistakable now when I watch that dinner scene. That had to be. Come on. I would it think, had to be yeah. influenced. I'm going to guess that Peter Gabriel is a David Lynch fan. I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. But, uh, yeah, that just ups it because once he starts cutting it and the, the chicken starts moving and sort of dancing and just, the gushing just keeps coming. Yeah. And that's when mom really gets into it. Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, of all the things, maybe what is most unsettling is what's going on with your mom right now. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, of course, she can't, uh, she can't handle it. Just gets goes up out of the room, mm-hmm. gets up and leaves out of the room. But yeah, everything is just so strange. And really, Henry, well, nobody outside of the dad and his story talks a lot. No. You know, Henry asks about how to cut it, mm-hmm. but he's just taking in this whole scene. Oh and yeah, what the f? Yeah, yeah. Like, what have I gotten myself into? What have I? Attached my life to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all... I mean, the whole movie is just a masterpiece of discomfort. It's. I mean, it's still one of my very favorite movies, but that scene... I don't know why dinner scenes strike me like they do, <laughs> but, but you know, you can hide and be alone and be weird on your own, but then when you're, when you're thrust in this situation with all these people, like, I, you know, he's probably thinking to himself, I don't want to eat that. 
But now it's like he's the center of attention, and he's oh, it's just well the because so often scene. in a in a regular dinner scene, you'll be hungry. Yeah. It'll make you hungry. Yeah. And not not these. No, right. No. That's really true. There are so many times where you're watching a movie and they get to where everybody's eating. And you're like, oh, God, I wish I had eaten before I came here. But yeah, not any of yeah, these. Yeah, this one especially not will, any. will these turn are, you off. These are the ones to watch if you're trying to diet. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get some chicken wings after this. No. no. But yeah, the entire movie is anxiety and plays on anxieties oh, sure. about a whole many different things. Yeah. Of course, the prevailing theory is about parenthood right but there's a lot more going on in this movie. adulthood really I, I think it's a it's a it's it's an anxious look at adulthood about how dreary your life is bound to become yeah and i think david lynch throughout the years has been either careful or it's just his way to just leave it up to you oh, he's sure. not going to spoon feed you anything about themes it's up right. it's up to you and it's funny when when he talks about not just this movie but any of the movies you know he he always suggests he doesn't know I don't know if that's true. He might be more of a sort of cagey, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, PR man Coy about than we it. realize. But he always does his like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Well, really, even if he did, even if, even if he said, "Look, this is what I meant." Right. Once art is out there, yeah. people take it. You can argue with people, as I often do, till I'm blue in the face, <laughs> that, that, that Leonard Cohen did not write "Hallelujah" as a Christmas song. Well, he clearly anything did not. but right. But people, I've had people say, I mean, "Well, you know, he mentions it's a Christmas David, song now. and yeah, then right. it's a Christmas song now." And once art is out there, people take it for what yeah. they will. So, Eraserhead, the dinner scene, and the chickens from 1977. This is kind of like a chicken. Now, moving up to number one, you probably know already. This is uh, also from the 70s. Five friends head out to rural Texas to visit the grave of a grandfather. On the way, they stumble across what appears to be a deserted house, only to discover something sinister within, something armed with a chainsaw, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ah! I know. I hope people aren't disappointed. I mean, you know, it sometimes it does probably feel like I'm searching for topics that let me talk about <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, this is another one that's just so iconic because you've seen, how many times do you see that just the still photo oh, yeah. of all of them looking at her mm -hmm. from her point of view? Oh, it's, yeah. it's it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, the 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 camera work in this in this scene is magnificent mm -hmm. for for its purpose, you know, uh, and and uh, and I love it for that. And I love it for the super extreme close-up of her bulging, veiny eyeballs, and I love all of that. I love the screaming. I love the way it's set up. But my my favorite thing about this scene is, first of all, that it's it's fairly comical. It's the first time in the movie where you get the sense that, oh, there is real humor afoot here. Um, and then it's also, it's such a great depiction of family, mm -hmm. of this family. You know, it's yeah. like she's such she's such an outsider here and and you know, of course they don't give a shit cuz she's about to die as far as they're concerned but the way they interact with each other and yes. the, the the power struggle within the family 
feels so weirdly authentic. It sets it sets for you their roles yeah. in the family. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much so. Well, and of course, you know, the fact that it's they're eating and they're eating meat, of course. And one of the things I like about this movie is that honestly, it's not it does it's not super heavy-handed about the cannibalism aspect of it, although clearly that is what they all are and that's what's in their meat is can you know, they're eating these people that they're they're carving up and hanging mm-hmm. <laughs> behind that metal door. <laughs> so, you know, it's appropriate then that the whole f- film kind of comes to a crux at the dinner table mm-hmm. where they're all looking at these these plates of meat that are so tightly Also, if you study the room, you've got, you know, how the chairs are made oh, and, yeah. you know, the table and the chairs and the, and the settings. And also, mm-hmm. am I wrong about this? Is it the first time in the film that he's referred to as Leatherface? It is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and it's really the first time, I think, that you get a chance to see... I mean, it looks like he's really fancied himself up a little bit for the dinner. Yes, he has. Yes, which I love as well. Uh, <laughs> I love, and I, I mean, it's and he makes sort of he doesn't talk, of course, but he makes these sort of like noises, you know. <laughs> um, and they they expand upon that in 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 later, you know, franchise films. But I just, you know, I, and 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 we've gotten to know the hitchhiker pretty well. He he got to really showcase who he was as a character in the van. And, of course, Leatherface is the main character of the film. He's the most memorable character, the, the one that, that you you leave remembering the most. This is the one scene where I feel like we really get to know. So Jim Sido, who, mm. who plays uh, the old man or the, the cook, depending on the film, he's ama- amazing in this scene. He's so evil, but he... he fancies himself as not being evil. But we already know he is because he was beaten on the bag in the in the car, in the truck, laughing to himself. And the way he sort of goes back and forth, you know, I, he don't want no part in, you know, in killing. It's just, he, it's such a magnificent performance. Yeah, and I, you're right about bringing into a, a bit of a, a bit of a comedy aspect, but for me, it's not too much. Now, you, no. know, you know how I feel about part two. I do That know. goes way over the top into the silly comedy, which turned me completely off and yeah. still does. But this one has a little bit of that, a little bit of that layer, but it never, I don't think it ever tips the scale on No, it, which, not at which all. Which is what keeps it horrific. Right. I kind of feel like, I mean, uh, you know, I, it probably wasn't until I'd seen this multiple, multiple times that I picked up on the fact that this is this is a comedic scene. Mm-hmm. I think, I, you know, the first eight times I was still too traumatized <laughs> by the whole movie. But also, let's give credit to her ability to scream. Oh my God, She's yes. She's a good screamer. She is. And you talking know. through screaming, yes. but scream words. That's, yes. That can be hard. Oh no, she, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't want, you're right. We, we completely disregarded Marilyn Burns, who is amazing in this movie, and and particularly in this scene. You know, and it's, you know, the this is really, it, 1974, this really predates the slasher proper. It's one of the sort of, it, forebears of slashers oh, yeah. so in a lot of ways um even though a lot of times it's not considered a slasher it it set up the blueprint that was followed later right uh, with the, specifically the type of characters who stumble into the situation like this so and that would make her the final girl exactly and a lot of times people don't consider her a final girl because she doesn't fit the current bill of final girl but she's my favorite final girl she's unless alive you, at the end unless you want to count ripley so um, she's my favorite, and this scene is one of the reasons. I mean, she begs for her life, she screams, but she's taking it all in. And one of the things that's great about it, of course, is that we go deep, deep, deep dive on her and her face and her screaming and her eyeballs. But also, mainly what we see is her perspective. It's yeah. her point of view that we're yeah. seeing with these fucking crazy people staring right at her. It's so unnerving. And then, of course, yeah, she breaks free and she jumps out a window and she saves herself. But it is a great performance, Marilyn Burns, throughout the whole movie. But, of course, everything changes for her character in this scene and she rises to the occasion. Yep, exactly. And that's why it's number one. All of these are great, great pivotal moments in these films. And it's a it's a great topic. 
It Thank is. You, Thanks, Maddie. Maddie. Uh, great topic, dinner scenes and horror. And uh, we appreciate the, the feedback. We appreciate the topic. And what do you think about these? Did we miss any? I mean, we ran down a big list of honorable mentions. So I oh, can yeah. see a lot of those getting getting some love because there are some good ones. There are. Good but, ones but there. you know, it's so, so, so many movies for, for all the reasons that we mentioned. Uh, so many horror movies yeah. include a, a really good dinner scene. You know, uh, Beetlejuice, right? Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> That's one. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there are bound to be dozens of other great yeah. options. So we'd yeah. love to hear about them. Love to hear about them. Easy way to get us uh, on Twitter. It's Fright Club Pod. Of course, you can always uh, find us the main website, madwolf.com. And then you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and threads at Mad Wolf Columbus. So a lot of different ways to keep in touch. We hope you will. And since we are into October now, Mm -hmm. and so many people use October and use spooky season as an occasion to watch more horror movies than they normally do. In fact, a lot of people try to do a horror movie a day, and Mm -hmm. we respect that. We do. We've got a film that we hope you can work into your rotation. That's right. Obstacle Corpse. Uh, Our movie, if you're new to the podcast, (laughs) Obstacle Corpse, (laughs) it is available to you on Vudu and Amazon Prime, and uh, it's funny. There's a lot of blood, uh, but it's mainly funny. Uh, I think some some very memorable characters, great cast. We had had much fun making it. That's a lie, but... um, (laughs) We did In have retrospect, fun. we're glad we made it. <laughs> 85 minutes. You know what? You could make it a double feature at you that could. at that length. You, you can just have some fun with a double feature and work in even more horror movies for this uh, spooky season. So, yes, Obstacle Corpse. Check it out. It's on Prime. It's on Voodoo. And by all means, let us know. Let us know you watched it. Let us know what you thought about it. We would love to hear from you, as always, as we look ahead to, yeah, a big, an action-packed. Action-packed, Pee-wee. Action-packed October. We've already talked about being back at Gateway on the 13th for our next Fright Club live edition. Live live crowd, always great at Gateway. We're going to talk about Backwoods Messiahs, and we're going to watch... Lose the Flower of Evil. I bet not a lot of people have I seen it. I bet not this. a lot of people have seen it. It's what, so two, good. Two years ago, last year? A uh, couple, two, two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah. pretty recent. So, yeah, yeah I, I expect a lot of, not a lot of hands when we say how many people have seen this, which we always love. So, uh, come out and join us. And by all means, please try to make it for Nightmares Film Festival. Again, Gateway Film Center, end of the month. August 26th through the 29th, Halloween weekend. That's right, man. Perfect is that. Perfect. You get to see so many shorts and features, and there are new events this year. There's going to be a trivia night. Yes. There's going to be a panel on getting your movie some press with a writer from the New York Times. Yeah, how to pitch. How to pitch. So they just really up the ante every year, and and I cannot wait. Check it out. Nightmares Film Festival at Gateway, the end of the month. A lot of ways to keep in touch. We hope you will. We hope to see you. Hope to hear from you. And until then, enjoy spooky season, will you? She is Omad. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. What do you think for October? Elvira or Bruce Campbell? Let's let Elvira do it. Take it. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And stay frightful, my friends.